Hi, my name's Sharice Kenyon and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast. I've been working in the beauty industry for about 12 years as a journalist and editor. I just wanted to create a podcast that would act as a solution to help people navigate through the beauty bullshit, basically. Most importantly, though, I really want listeners to feel catered to and listened to and encouraged to share their own experiences and opinions when it comes to beauty. Do feel free to send any questions or comments over via our Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast. And it would be great if you could hit subscribe. My routines are very, um, they're, they're getting to be very minimal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so getting ready for the day. I wake up rather early, but I spend a lot of time in bed in the morning okay. just taking taking it slowly because once my feet hit the floor, hit the ground, it's mm. we just are just accelerated pace most yeah. of the time. Are you getting up, making coffee, taking it back to bed? It's pretty straightforward. I, I kind of relax in the bed mm-hmm. for I don't know, maybe an hour. I listen to the news, which might not necessarily be relaxing <laughs> in America. It's actually kind of stressful. Yes, um, I can tell that you maddening. pay attention to the news a lot from your yeah. social. I am highly politically and civically engaged. And I just yeah. think that that's, you know, the responsibility of, mm. of a, a citizen, mm. you know, mm. is mm. to participate and at least know what's going on so that yeah. you can protect your yourself and your fellow citizens. I mean, history repeats itself and it's yeah. told us that we have to be engaged. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I watch a little bit of news in the morning and I go through overnight emails, respond to DMs. I'm mm-hmm. always doing my best to interact with Lauren Napier beauty customers and, mm-hmm. and anyone who has questions or interest or just is engaged in the brand because, you know, my customers really make my world go round. Yeah. They're so important to me. And obviously, they're very, very important to the success of the brand. Mm, and, mm. and I just want them to feel like they're a part of it because they really are. Mm. So let's say you've done all of your sort of admin and you're out of bed. What's your beauty routine like? The beauty routine. Yeah. Well, I, the first thing I do is because you have, have hot great water skin, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, listen, I do my I do my absolute best. I, I have hot water with lemon. I think that you know, just detoxing your body and staying hydrated is so important. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I have some a teeth whitener that I use. And while I'm doing that, mm-hmm. I, you know, wash my face with a cleansing oil or mm-hmm. Mario Badescu is one of my favorite brands. And th- I think the reason that it's my favorite is because it's so effective and just so inexpensive. Is that so, a cleansing oil then that's from Badescu? You know, I don't use their, their cleansing oil. I should say I use Shuamora cleansing oil. Okay, yeah. Then I use Mario Badescu enzyme cleansing gel. Okay. Um, yeah, and a little Natura Bisset. I might alternate oh. that, uh, their facial scrub because mm-hmm. I love their vitamin C scrub. Mm-hmm. Just to remove some of the oils that might exist on your skin mm-hmm. if you are, you know, perspiring at night yeah. or, or um, just... You know, just maybe your night cream just got a little too oily. Yeah. I try to use that to lift and, er- and erase the oils from my skin surface. And then the next thing I do is is tone. Mm-hmm. And I use um, I, I use a few different types. But what's in front of me this morning is just Thayer's uh, Rose Water. Oh, um, the Witch Hazel. Witch Hazel. Yeah. yeah. So I used that one in the morning, th- this morning. And then I went into my Beneath Your Mask which is a lovely, lovely hair, face, and body oil. Okay. And it's, it's just fantastic. It smells lovely, and it just makes my skin so radiant. Mm-hmm. 
I use that with the Mario Badescu Caviar Night Cream because my skin is a little bit dry. It's on the drier yeah. side. And I yeah. even use the night cream in the daytime just to get that really effortless glow. Oh, because I was looking at that cream. I've heard so many amazing things about it. And then I looked and it said, only use if you have dry skin. And I was a bit taken aback because well, I've seen a lot of black women using it. And obviously we tend to have more sort of oily skin. So I was like, okay, sure. maybe everyone's a bit parched. Maybe, you know, people are so busy and they're just mm. ripping and running around everywhere. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves and our skin mm -hmm. and even just our body. So if you're not hydrating your skin itself, it's yeah. our largest living organ and it is the last one to receive nourishment, not the mm -hmm. first. You know, mm -hmm. our bodies are working from the inside yeah. out. Yeah. So something like the caviar night cream really works for me because even though I'm doing my best to stay hydrated, yeah. my skin's still a bit dry. Okay. And then do you tend to skip makeup during the day? Depends on the day, depends yeah. on what I'm doing. And I think this speaks to Lauren Napier Beauty, the brand, is that minimalist beauty is just, it's so appreciated and it's really timeless. So I do opt out of wearing makeup. Mm -hmm. If I do wear makeup, it's actually not a lot. Yeah, It's more about the skin and the skin really glowing and mm -hmm. the skin being healthy. Because also, if your skin is healthy, your makeup looks good. Oh, and if gosh, you're not, yeah. if you're wearing the, the least amount of makeup, it, you know, it looks even, even better. Yeah. So if I am wearing makeup, I do a little NARS sheer glow. Okay. I also wear some Fenty Beauty because I, you know, got to support my <laughs> yeah. women of color brands. Just the same. <laughs> yeah. And I'm lately wearing Live Tinted. I don't know if you know what Live uh, is, no. if, if it's reached uh, the UK yet, but there is a, she's a, a blogger. Yeah. And she has created her own yes. collection of concealers and and uh, cheek cue, and it's in a it's in a color stick. Yes, so they look wearing, amazing. They are amazing, and I think I mean I've been following her on Instagram. Her name is Deepika, and her brand yeah. is called Lip Tinted. Yeah. And I've been wearing a lot of that on my lip and cheek, so okay. it's giving me a heck of a glow. Um, and it just looks really natural. Yeah, and you look sun kissed. I think, which is oh, I love that. Which is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it, not looks, about it, looks, it looks natural. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. And then I definitely opt in for a mascara and a, and a brow. And then I just hit the road. Okay. You've got to tell Ready me your favorite go. mascara because that's my everyday essential. What are you using right now? So my favorite, and this has been an unwavering, unchanging <laughs> mascara that I, I, I'll try something else, but then I always yeah. go back. And that is Armani Eyes to Kill. In black. I have never it, heard anyone mention that before. It is one of the best mascaras I, I've ever used, ever experienced. And now I'll tell you why. And you know, when you think of your mascara, you think of your lashes and you think of your hair. Yeah. Hair is, everyone's hair is different. Mm -hmm. And so your mascara, I'm sorry, your lashes are an extension of your hair. Yeah. So yeah. different hair has different needs. Mm -hmm. My hair is very smooth and thick mm -hmm. and sleek and mm -hmm. curly. Mm -hmm. And so... So are my lashes. They're mm -hmm. very full and mm -hmm. they are very dark and sleek. So I'm using a mascara formula that meets the needs of those lashes. Okay. And um, my sister's addicted to it too. I've gotten her hooked on it. But it's just, it's a very deep, um, rich black and it just washes over your lashes, combs them through, separates them. So they just look very full mm. and they're very, it's dramatic without being drama. 
okay. if I can say. <laughs> well, you, you sold that to me. I love them. You sold that to me. It's I'm good stuff. It it's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. So obviously we're talking about what you do right now with your beauty, but I'm always trying to find out where people's first experiences with beauty came from. Whether it's like watching their mother or the TV or glossy magazines. So obviously you've built your beauty obsession into your own brand, but where did it all start for you? What's your earliest memory? Well, this is unique because I am, uh, I was born in Las Vegas. Okay. And I was raised in Texas. And so while they were very different when I was growing up, there was uh, an element of beauty that was the same. And it was really like bigger, better, and more yeah. exaggerated. Yeah. In Las Vegas, you've got showgirls and it's glamour yeah. and it's lights. And then in Texas, you know, you've got big hair mm -hmm. and, um, and nails and, you know, mm. it's, it's also a Southern culture. So you mm. want to put your face on where, mm -hmm. wherever you go, you've got to be presentable. Yeah. And so, or, and I use the air quotes because, you know, that <laughs> yeah. has, that has totally evolved. Yes. But, um, but that's, that's was my first in, introduction to mm -hmm. beauty was mm -hmm. just all of my surroundings. One thing that I remember the most though, um, there are images from television mm -hmm. that I remember. And I remember Lisa Bonet, who uh, it's like my first girl crush. I mean, the Cosby yeah. show, she yeah. was absolutely stunning mm -hmm. and mysterious. And mm. she had this very unique quality that I just really, really, uh, was just mesmerized by. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I don't know if RuPaul had a show on VH1. Okay. And one of the memories that I have the most about beauty was RuPaul. RuPaul had this, this wig and this makeup mm -hmm. and, and I just was just completely taken by what was happening there. Yeah. And so, um, and, and just completely inspired by it. So I think on one, you have Lisa Bonet, who was just very much an individual. Yeah. And on the minimal side, but yeah. then you have the complete extreme. Someone who was also uh, an individual, very free and totally beat, you yeah. know, like yeah. just from head to toe. So my memories of beauty are, are um, they're very vast. And then I also had sort of an obsession with the... Uh, uh, the Marilyn Monroe, Josephine Baker, oh, yeah. and Jackie Kennedy. Oh, gosh. Or Jackie yeah. Kennedy Onassis. Yeah, so, yeah. And they also, if you, if you know, you go back, they were also minimalist. They were so Definitely. beautiful. Definitely. But they weren't wearing a lot. Yeah. And so their beauty was coming from within, mm. enhanced by what was yeah. on the outside. Yeah. And so that's sort of been the inspiration and the philosophy that I followed mm. and and taken with me. I think you can actually see that in your look. Obviously, it's not like I see you in real life, but obviously on your Instagram, <laughs> I do think you've got that sort of, you've honed it right down to the essentials so that when you do show yourself wearing makeup, it's often, you know, that classic red lip that Marilyn would do, or there's, there's like one thing that's like pulls everything together. Yeah. It's not like I see you doing the lashes, the contour, the brows, the lip you know, everything. Um, and there's something yeah. to be said for that though. I, I love, I see makeup as a wardrobe. You do, you put as much on as you want and some days you just go without, but, um, I do love that look and Jackie, yeah. Jackie Kennedy Onassis is one of my all time favorites. I just think mm. you can't put your finger on it. 
but there's just I don't know. she was just you know I think she was she was a stylish woman she was mm. a well-educated woman she had she was very dignified yes. she had elegance and I think that was part of the many choices that she made mm. and that influenced her style mm. as well and everything that she did was so impactful mm. from especially I mean globally when I when I look through pictures of her and and what where she was and it doesn't matter the country I actually am thinking of this picture of of her in Ethiopia where people there are also mesmerized by her and she's surrounded by you know black people Mm. by African Mm -hmm. people you can see that they're emulating her style and people can think whatever they want you know I think we can go into a whole cultural discussion about that but it's because she had an allure and an appeal that was unique and she's she's an icon for that we have to give her credit constantly for sure when did you start sort of experimenting to find your take on beauty? Did you get into makeup in your teens or was it much later? I was a late bloomer. Okay. So I sat close on the peripheral. I have a unique story of youth and childhood because I, I definitely was a late bloomer, but I mm-hmm. had this very, very bright, bold personality. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was there and I was experiencing beauty from the outside. And it wasn't until I got into my 20s where I really, really started to play with makeup because my my mother and my grandmother for that are actual just really natural beauties. Mm, mm. They're also very minimalist. My mother to this day still barely wears any makeup. And my grandmother, I'll bring her a lipstick and she's like thrilled. And that's really (laughs) all she she would ever wear, lipstick and powder, you know, just a little powder. I was a late bloomer and it took me a while to get into it. But once I got into it, I just, it's like I hit the ground running and I had an eye always for art design and color mm-hmm. and color theory. Mm-hmm. And so I used that to hone the skills that I had mm. and create these very minimal looks for all of the subjects that I was creating yeah. looks for. Yeah. And I think I know for sure that is what set me aside from the other artists that I was surrounded by and, okay. and working with. Yeah, yeah, I was reading about your sort of experiences in makeup and I saw that you'd worked on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Um, I did. When you're sort of working in that environment, are you able to really project your style or do you have to kind of fit to like what they want from you for the guests or how does it work in in TV? Well, well, what's unique about television is that you are creating a look. You're creating a character and there's different facets of television so if you're working on an episodic show, which is a show that you see that's episode by episode yeah. by episode, and, and the character has to look the same so the viewer each week yeah. Yeah. knows exactly who yeah. they are, you're creating yeah. a look that's very minimalist, and it's less about the makeup and more about the story. Mm-hmm. Then if you're working on something that's like a big feature, I'm watching Stranger Things, right now and I actually used to work with their makeup department head and I'm just also I think she's really very very talented and she has an episodic television show but it's all about the character and evoking emotion and fear based on the story and the script Mm -hmm. so there's part of that 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 you would infuse together so you'd use your makeup skills and your special effects skills to make sure that you are creating something that tells the story yeah so in the script it'll say you've got a bloody nose well then obviously yeah yeah yeah. you know that you've got to create a look yeah yeah and on saturday night live it was very similar you don't want to necessarily take away from the character but i will tell a, a story specifically there was a pageant and it was about you know excessive like drug use behind the scenes in a pageant okay. and they were like 
okay, we want to make this girl look really, really, <laughs> she's hopped up on something. <laughs> and so I go online and I'm looking, I'm going through drug addiction. Oh, you didn't and, pick and up the method to... ones, did you? The people addicted to <laughs> You know men. what? I actually, I did. I did, but not to make light of drug use or drug no. addiction, but the show itself is a comedy. So exactly. I have to make it look serious, but yeah. also make it funny. All of that goes into creating a look for TV. Yeah. Obviously, you're working. You've got a cool career as a makeup artist. What made you change that and think, I want to have my own brand? And it wasn't actually a makeup brand, which might have been the most obvious decision. It's like, where, where was your thinking at that point? Well, I'll tell you, and I'll be perfectly honest. I think, one, the, the makeup industry is quite saturated. Yeah. You know, there are red lipsticks on red <laughs> lipsticks on red lipsticks. Yeah. And there can only be, I think, so many blush colors. And mm -hmm. as, a, you know, as a makeup artist, I see brands, they send me products and mm -hmm. they send me colors. And it's really hard to look at a color and say, oh, okay, that doesn't look like orgasm blush. I've <laughs> yeah. seen this before, you know, yeah. or, yeah. you know, th this happens or, you know, I get really frustrated with all of the, the palettes that come out because it's like, look, when I was working for Mac mm -hmm. at the counter, mm -hmm. I actually created this palette for my customers like oh, wow. a decade ago, Yeah, you know, or more than a decade ago at this point. But mm -hmm. there, I feel like there's um, this recycling of, of products and yeah. this recycling of what what actually sells and what is actually successful. Yeah. So there was that aspect. I didn't really want to go into color because I felt like it had it had been done. Mm. And there are people who are doing it really well. So I mean, that's like not shade to those who who've done it really well. Yeah. Um, but there are people who are just brilliant, and they should they should stay in that lane and yeah, keep creating yeah. these beautiful, brilliant products. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, what's happening in beauty where we're sort of, what, what are we missing? And while I was thinking about this, you know, and it's a thought that happens over time. You know, it's not just something that necessarily strikes you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a thought that was growing in my mind. Like, I do want to create something. What should I create? And it wasn't until I went on vacation okay. and I went with, um, I was going from Australia to Dubai and then on to New York. So I was having this really glamorous trip, this <laughs> fabulous trip, um, vacation of a lifetime. And mm. I was sitting in this window seat. And as I sat in the window seat, um, I went to freshen up. I reached for my package of makeup wipes just to kind of cool off. The person yeah, next to yeah. me was asleep and I, you know, I just didn't want to disturb anyone. <laughs> I was enjoying staring at the ocean and the clouds. Mm. And uh, my package of makeup wipes, they were completely dried out. Oh gosh! I and hate I that. was like, okay, this is this is not acceptable. Not only is it not it's not acceptable. This this package is like brand new, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was so really the flight frustrated. had dried them out. You know, I'm not sure how or what happened, mm. but I realized that often I um, and these were not these were not inexpensive wipes. They were more of like the top tier yeah, of yeah. makeup wipes. And so I was frustrated by that, but I also just thought to myself, okay, what is it that I can do? You know, the, it was like everything converged at the same time. I had okay. a bad customer experience. I'd been thinking of creating a product okay. and that was the moment where it was like, I can do this. I can improve on this. Not only can I improve on it, 
you know, I can improve on the packaging mm, yeah. and the ingredients that are in it. I work with makeup and I work with a myriad of different complexions. Yeah. And so I know what, um, what, what is missing from, from makeup wipes. Okay. So, you know, I, I put a pin in that. I, I mm. journaled on the way home and mm. that was how I came up with the concept. And it's really more about putting it into action once I got yeah. off of the plane, which is what I did. And how did you find those next steps? Did you go and talk to somebody or did you already know someone? No, I actually went to Google University. Okay. And what I tell people is that, you know, Google is a, it's an endless, endless resource and yeah. it doesn't cost any money. Now you can get yourself trapped in some sort of internet vortex, which yeah. I find myself doing all often, Every night. very often. Yeah. But... Um, the information is really there if you want it Mm -hmm. and if you, you know, if you have the patience to weed through it and if you're fearless in in asking questions. And I think the other hurdle is that you find the information on Google and then you're like, well, what do I do with it once I've got it? And what I did was, and this is to everybody who's aspiring and wanting to make a product Mm -hmm. is don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call people and have a conversation and ask questions because a salesperson wants to sell you something. Yeah. But if you ask enough questions, you can get all of the information that you need from that person. Yeah. Um, and then people are so not used to verbally communicating with each other anymore. Everything is done digitally. So when you pick up the phone and you have a conversation, you, you develop a relationship. People want to talk to you and they want to help you um, because it's, it's not often that, that someone calls with an idea. Yeah. And that, so that was my experience. I just think things have changed so much. It's one of my biggest bugbears, the unwillingness to pick up the phone. You can just solve so many issues, get your questions answered within five minutes if you pick up the phone rather than sending an email or hoping that someone can hook you up with a relationship that they've already established. Picking up the phone is just the simplest way. Or just asking a question straight out you often get what you need but people seem to have this real fear it's increasing (laughs) I think people yeah they're not used to communicating Mm. and so now people are regressing and retreating even more behind these digital mediums yeah so so we have to do better but I definitely make it a point and I even in person I always feel a little bit awkward talking to people because Mm -hmm. I can be just a little bit awkward (laughs) um but I (laughs) think I mean, it just kind of is a matter of fact. I think that having conversations with people is just invaluable. And you've, you've yeah. just got to, you know, face that fear and have yeah. those conversations. And it's never as scary as you've just spoken to that person. Agreed. Like, what was the fear about? <laughs> so that's one thing that I've really come to know from your what you share on social. I love how you'll be sharing, you know, information about your products and other people's products as well, actually. I think that's really cool. But then you're not afraid of like sharing your sort of political views or opinions if something's happened that day. And I wondered, have you ever had someone say to you, you know, like, Lauren, you know, you might want to ditch that side and just focus on what you're doing, you know, your business. Have you ever had someone advise you of that or you very much sort of you run the show? Well, no, um, I fully run the show. I run the show. I think that people, um, I'm sure they have their opinions and, and if they have given me an opinion, it's literally just washed over me and I don't even remember right now. Part of my brand and part of who I am, I'm just an outspoken person. Um, 
and in in that capacity and i think that uh right now women women of color mm-hmm. uh we our voices are being heard yeah uh and and it's new to people so it's new to them and it's scary and it almost seems confrontational and while i don't necessarily feel like i'm confrontational i feel like i just stand for something yeah and i think that my brand itself also is a brand that stands for something. You know, we're made in the U.S., we're manufactured mm-hmm. with solar energy, mm-hmm. uh, co-packed by the Foundation for the Handicapped, which is an organization that employs handicapped adults who maybe just need a little extra attention or supervision mm-hmm. while they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, we're cruelty-free. And so those those are parts, and, and we're 100% female-owned an operator mm-hmm. I should say I am you know I yeah. am 100% the owner of my company and so okay. it's important for me to kind of put my money where my mouth is yeah. and we especially in the U.S. are having these conversations about American jobs and who's taking over mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's ridiculous and it's racist but mm-hmm. all of these people who are who are shouting at the top of their lungs about you know people stealing American jobs are the very same people <laughs> who are sending jobs to China, you yeah. know, to, to other countries. And yeah. so my goal really was to have a, have my company, uh, you know, found, founded in the U S but also employ people who are in the U S so mm-hmm. that when I'm faced with that conversation and when I'm faced with my, uh, with, with these discussions and, and I can actually debate it. And yeah. not only can I debate it, but I'm a business woman who actually walks the walk. Mm-hmm. So so, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love the approach. It's just I always wondered if you've ever had any sort of um, backlash to. No, to I that. haven't. Okay. I, well, I mean, you know, you'll have your random like trolls that will come here oh, and yeah, there, and you yeah. know, I, my my favorite one of all is Piers Morgan because I was on oh, Twitter gosh. one day and I, I isn't he just. He so, is an embarrassment. I, I actually used to buy his books because I'm a journalist at the end of the day. And uh-huh. there was a there was a time when Piers, he was a pretty entertaining journalist. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the move to America, but he is the most unattractive human being right now. But did you have an altercation yeah, with is. him? Well, what happened was I was watching the morning news and uh, there's a show here that comes on in the morning called Morning Joe. And it's a Republican mm-hmm. man who's married to uh, a uh, a Democrat woman or he's a formerly okay. former Republican because he has renounced the party because oh. of their racism and yeah. many, many things. So, um, so to fast forward, Pierce and they also know Donald Trump because okay. New York is a small um it's a, it's a big city, but, you know, the yeah. circles are quite small. Yeah, yeah. And so they actually know Trump, okay. and he's insulted them and done all these things. And Pierce, obviously, is a person who defends Trump. Mm-hmm. And he happened to be on their show, and I was watching, and I tweeted uh, something about Pierce. <laughs> and, you know, I'd hashtag the show. Yeah. And I just, you know, it was basically like, you know, he's really... I, I can't even remember what the tweet was, but it was in <laughs> relation to his re- relationship with Trump because of the apprentice, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so he tweets back, but it was just, it was this very, um, t- it was, it, I feel like it was a tactic almost to have yeah. his legion of followers yeah. 
to come um, to you. attack me. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like it was just so petty mm-hmm. and it was so, so, um, so just like, just out completely out of line mm. and also very like vicious because mm. he, it was a tactic. He was setting he me up to be harassed yeah. Yeah. for days and days and yeah. days and days. Yeah. And it actually, it didn't happen because one, it's, I'm a small, I'm a one woman. I have yeah. a small business. Mm. I am a citizen and I'm a human being that can have an opinion mm. on a person that's committing atrocities. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it sort of, it fizzled out. It didn't last but for a few hours. But I just thought, <laughs> what a disgusting human being oh, on all levels. And, and it, you know, I run in a circle where I could actually encounter these people. And oh, if gosh, I ever encounter him, he and I would have a conversation. <laughs> Please live tweet that. We would definitely have a conversation. <laughs> or an Instagram live would be great. You know, Please. I, you know, and the thing is, I don't seek out that type of attention because no. I, I don't want negative attention. Yeah. And I want people to know who I am and want to know my brand for yeah. uh, for what it is and yeah. the values that, that yeah. I have. However, I just felt like I would have a conversation with him. Yeah. Well, you're still about, a human being, that. you know, having to live in a world exactly. that he also lives in. So I totally get that. Yeah. Well, and also the dynamic is unequal. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And that's it's just it was and I he, felt like yeah. it was a bit vicious. Yeah. And unnecessary. That happened to me in the past. And it I didn't even at the person that I was talking about. It was mm-hmm. someone that has his own podcast. For some reason, I just talked to her. I was like, oh, my gosh, sometimes he's so boring. But it's something along the lines. He's, he's quite boring and he goes on a lot and he doesn't let the guests speak. Mm-hmm. And so he must have been searching for his own name and hashtags. And he replied saying, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then all of a sudden, all of his fans started saying, actually, I find his show really... And they just kept coming and coming. And I was like, I just had an opinion. Like, you guys can just get on with your day and you can carry on listening to him. I didn't say don't listen to him. But I think it was just a little tactic that he used because at the end of the day, he would have more interactions on Twitter after that. So actually, that was quite sad. Yeah, and I think that's what they do. Yeah. Um, And, you know, some of the mentions that I got and some of the the backlash was people were like, oh, she owns her own business. Time to file a complaint. I'm like a complaint based on what? Oh, wow. Yeah, based I on was, my opinion. Yeah, I was very watchful of some of the replies that I was getting. I was just like, don't turn into something else. But um, I'm not even going to yeah. mention his name anyway. So, but um, no, <laughs> there's no need. No. So let's move away from all this political talk and get back to um, you know, the fun stuff. But um. I just wanted to know, like, are you someone that, because I know you've you've got how many products now? I bought a couple of I've them last week. I've got three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I got the um, rose one, which smells tell amazing. Tell me about it. Have you used it? Do you yes. love it? I used that one straight away because I love the packaging. <laughs> I'm a sucker for packaging. So gorgeous. Um, and then I used flaunt yesterday. Um, Wonderful. But, but I've always loved the aesthetic of your brand. Um, and I think you've been around for like five years now. Yeah, I just had my five-year anniversary oh, in May. Congrats. And so that was really special. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, the, the thing is, the reality is, if you want to talk about the business side, mm-hmm. is that, uh, you know, most brands, it, no matter what they are, mm-hmm. they do they do not have success beyond five years. No, you I know, know. Especially know. With, with small startups. Yep. And so we've... We have, and I speak in we's, mm. but um, Lauren Napier Beauty is is a successful brand. And here yeah. we are five years later, and I hope to continue to just keep going strong and keep growing. 
Um, so yeah, the first, the first product that I launched was cleanse mm. and it is, um, was the first makeup remover wipe in the collection. Okay. It is, um, it's high performing wipe. The fabric is like a stretchable cotton fabric. Yeah. And yeah, I, that, that part was really fun to create the fabric and the saturation levels yeah. and all these different things that go into making sure that a wipe is a premium wipe. Yeah. Um, it is filled with, uh, cucumber aloe, marshmallow root extract, all designed mm-hmm. to hydrate and yeah. cleanse your skin yeah. and just rid it of perspiration, pollution, and makeup. Yeah. So that was the first product. And yeah. I, I, it, it just kind of, people loved it. It went wild. Yeah. And I have been, I've been so proud of it. And, and then I decided, well, you know what, let's fine tune mm. the brand a little bit mm-hmm. more so that we meet the needs of a couple more skin conditions. Yeah. yeah. And the skin condition that I knew the most about was dry skin yeah. and maturing skin because every day I'm getting older and yeah. every day my skin is dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those New York winters were kind of getting to oh me and all the gosh. travel that I was doing. You just need yeah. to go away. So, New York, New York winter is just, it's worse than UK winter. You know what? It really is. It really is. <laughs> that is the perfect word. It is cutting. It is when you turn a corner mm. and the wind it just oh. cuts through your body. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough to take. Yeah. And so it's really grueling on your, on mm. your skin. Mm. Obviously, your face is part that you can't cover mm. up. Mm. So um, I thought. And, and also, I think in the winter, people just, when they get home, they want to just, you know, thaw out just a little bit. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and one of the first things that I would do on those really cold days mm-hmm. was reach for my makeup remover wipes yeah. until I could undress and then get into the shower. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and so, yep. And so that's how flaunt came about. Flaunt was the second product in the collection. It is the focus is dry skin and maturing skin. So it's got okay. a noni fruit extract, vitamin K, okay. um, and all and very antioxidant rich to all to cleanse your skin, mm. obviously, but also to nourish more specifically mm. those fine lines uh, to yeah. restore those drier skin cells and to fully nourish your okay. skin. So if you're not in the mood to do your whole routine, yeah, you yeah. can use a little bit of flaunt and yeah. you're, you know, good to go to bed. So, uh, oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> Oh, and then I was going to mention La Rose, which yeah. actually just launched this year, which is for the more oily and acne-prone skin conditions. And I think okay. that's also a um, one of the products I think that people were, were really, really looking forward to. Because if you've got normal to sensitive mm-hmm. or if you've, got, if you've got mature or dry, they were like, well, what about us? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I thought about La Rose a lot and the ingredients that would go into it and also the packaging in La Rose. Uh, has is rose water inf- infused and it also has got a star fruit um, in the formula, which also is going to help to balance the skin okay. and pull oils from, from yeah. your pores and help to reduce the size of your pores. So it's really, really um, tailored for for dip, I would say more complex skin yeah. conditions. Yeah. But the reason that it's pink is not just because La Rose, but because it is uh, a lot of times acne when you think of acne the color that you think yeah. of are reds and yeah. pinks and soreness yeah. and I wanted to let people encourage them to feel good about their skin mm-hmm. no matter what the appearance yeah. really yeah. is yeah um 
And and I think that also is is part of the brand philosophy that there is beauty in taking it off, mm. and it's really all about feeling good. Yeah, beneath the makeup that you wear, and yeah. and just feeling good about yourself and your natural skin. Yeah. So that's La Rose. Just talking about the whole feeling good thing, because obviously, it, when you do have sort of problem skin or any issues, it can really just affect how you feel about going into the world that day. But have you got any tips that you've always relied on? Like if you have a breakout, is there anything throughout your life that you've always gone back to? Is it a case of like limiting your products or do you change what you eat? Like what do you always find sort of works for your skin when you need a pick-me-up? When I need a pick-me-up or when I'm experiencing breakouts, which I think happen more often when I am... My family's from Texas, so when I visit okay. Texas and it's really humid, right. and New York summers can be humid too, yeah. I do get breakouts, and mm-hmm. I think that's just because of the the pollution that adheres yeah. to your skin yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. One of the things that I do is, is um, I definitely make sure that I'm changing my sheets every night mm-hmm. because your skin is restoring itself, but whatever's on your sheets and on your pillowcases absorbs back into your every skin. Night. And I think that's, ev- every well, night. not every night. Not the producer's night, looking I... at me like, what <laughs> the effort? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that I get it. That is a lot of effort. I could it change my pillowcase every night for sure. Every that's that's what I mean. Changing yeah. the pillowcases every night, and alternating, yeah. and yeah. even if you even if you can't change the pillowcase, just mm-hmm. go get a clean towel and yeah. just lay down on the clean towel. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's that's part of it. Um, because whatever is in your hair, if you roll oh, over God. and yeah. you you know it yeah. gets it gets on your face and your skin absorbs the most at yeah. night. Yeah. So I'm always making sure that that's part of it. I yeah. avoid touching my face. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just, I think, basic practices, but when yeah, it but comes they're, they're to hard products, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just sort of things that we don't think of. And no. it's like, Oh, this could be a contributor to why my mm-hmm. skin is breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I try my hardest to stay away from dairy. I find mm-hmm. that for me when I'm eating dairy, um, I do have more breakouts. And yeah. my mother recently discovered that whenever she eats nuts, okay. um, she experiences breakouts. Okay. So I, I've, I've recognized that, yeah, whatever you're putting in your body yeah. is uh, is also a contributor to what comes out. And sometimes it comes out through your skin. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to, you, you know, because it's really, it sounds then at that point, like you've got a bit of an allergy yeah. and it's manifesting on your face. So yeah, we want to yeah. take care of that. So always watch what you're putting in your body. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to products, if I just have, if I just have a blemish that won't go away mm-hmm. or if I feel something coming, I've mm-hmm. got like a presentation on or something. Yeah. I, I opt for the Mario Badescu's, uh, it's like a spot, it's spot treatment. Okay. The lotion. And I put it on dip. And it's, I think it works like magic. Mm-hmm. The other product that I use, Origins, has a red spot treatment. Okay. And that one is really great. It, like, it feels a little, like, stings a little mm-hmm. bit, I have to say. <laughs> but it's gone. Okay. By the next morning or even a few hours later, it's yeah. like, poof, magic, it's gone. Oh. Um, but what I would say is consult a dermatologist yeah. and know your skin type because, you know, I'm I'm having a conversation about what my experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recommend that, you know, um, if you are experiencing congestion with yeah. your skin or blemishes, yeah. that you consult a professional where you are. Yeah. So they can help guide you through that. Cool. So what about, obviously, we're talking about what's going on our skin and 
um, what we're doing on the outside. But have you got sort of any, where are you on the whole self-care thing? Are you very into it? Is it part of you sort of being able to wind down? I, I get the feeling that obviously you seem to work seven days a week. So, but is it important to you to have kind of like rituals to sort of get yourself back together or ready for another day or ready for another week? Absolutely. I think self-care is, is a, a multi-layered conversation because I think self-care has suddenly turned into like, oh, I just need to put a mask on or <laughs> yeah. I to, yeah, it's definitely a hashtag. And really the self-care started the first time I saw that the term self-care mm. was, and this is going to bring the conversation down. So be prepared guys. But <laughs> the first time I saw the term self-care was actually after a series of police shootings in the U S oh, and it, it said, uh, the, the conversation was take time to unplug and self care because seeing these mm. repeated violent yes. images yeah. is something that should not be natural, yeah. but it impacts our psyche yeah. and we need to, you know, put our place in a self of self care and mm. self preservation yeah. and not expose ourselves. Yeah. And I felt like that was very important to hold on to because now self care has sort of been commandeered. By yeah. people maybe who don't have, uh, who have different types of problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who, you know, they're self, they're going to a spa for self care. Yeah, and so, yeah. and 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 I think that so, while it is a hashtag and while we can have fun with it, that was really where I saw it first. So I kind of take it more seriously. So yeah. for me, my self care routine is actually unplugging. I go to okay. therapy. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think like mental health is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Running a business is very stressful. And I discovered that, like you said, I work seven days a week and that's too much. No human being should be working that much. And I was starting to feel overwhelmed and really tired Mm -hmm. and just sort of like I I, I was not as productive as I had been. And I realized I was overwhelmed and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I learned that uh, through therapy because someone else shined a light on me. So if you weren't going what to I therapy, will... you think you might have just carried on steamrolling and... I probably would have had like a total meltdown. Yeah, yeah. And when I say that, I say that because my family and my friends, and mm-hmm. I think this probably happens to people, they see you doing well and oh, they're yeah. cheering you on and you're like, you, you know, they fine. Yeah, she's you can strong. do it. You can do it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And even when you say, even if you tell somebody, I think I'm a little stressed, like... I, I'm, I don't know what to do mm. now. And, and they, they want to motivate you and inspire yeah, you and, and let you know, like, and keep going. you got this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the reality is, is like, I'm trying to tell you that mm. I don't have this. Mm. And so mm. while I appreciate my supporters and yeah. the people who were really cheerleading for me, yeah. uh, I took some time to learn yeah. how to, um, how to manage all yeah. of those stresses. And to yeah. me, that was the greatest form of self-care. And if I think a lot of my followers, you know, I get DMs like, where are you? I don't see yeah. you anymore. But yeah. I think that there has to be a, a point for me where I am detached from everything that's public and I just yeah. sort of work on, on myself, just spend an hour mm-hmm. or 15 minutes or mm-hmm. just a few minutes yeah. doing my own thing yeah. and, and not sharing it with the world. Yes. Um, because it's really it's it's hard but that's part that's part of self-care and that's also part of distinguishing like yourself from your brand and I didn't realize yeah. that 
when I named my brand after myself, then that I would have to be the face <laughs> yeah. of it all the time. <laughs> all the I didn't time, realize yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a double-edged sword because I, I love being the face and no mm. one can talk about my brand better than I can because exactly. I love it and I have so much passion for it. Yeah. Um, but I have to be there. And yeah. so uh, it, there, that's part of my self-care routine is pulling back. So when you say pulling back, is it literally a case of just leaving your phone and computer alone or are you doing sort of any kind of treatments? Are you visiting any practitioners or what does it look like to you? Well, it's it's kind of fun. I have an adult sleep schedule and my friends laugh at me and my mother just thinks it's hysterical. But, you know, during the week, I, I get up really early. I think I get up around 530 in the morning okay. mm-hmm. and it's just my natural body clock. I yeah. just get up early. Yeah. And um, and so waking up that early, you got to go to bed early if you mm-hmm. are going to be fully functioning throughout yeah. the day. So I wake up at 530. I spend an hour in the bed. It's still 630. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I get working, I get moving and then um, I work until 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. But and then from 6 beyond, I take my phone calls from my friends yeah. or, we, you know, we have our powwows. I'll yeah. go to dinner. Yeah. Uh, I watch a little TV. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with like, you know, the Stranger Things, Handmaid's yeah. Tale. I haven't, started, I haven't um, started the new series. Please don't spoil it. Oh, my God. I'm so we're yeah. going to binge so it tomorrow, I think. Is it good? Is it still living up to well, the standards that we're expecting from the past Which series? one are you talking about? Stranger, Stranger Things. Things or Han- Stranger Things is really good. Okay. And I hadn't been watching it, so I binged oh. it, and now I'm like all caught up. So, oh. um, we love you it. know, I watch I watch a little TV, yeah. I read something, and then I go to – I'm like in bed by 10 o'clock. Okay. And – you know, everybody's you know, New York people are like still moving. They're like, what are oh, you talking yeah. about? Ten o'clock like, nope, is sorry. early in New York. <laughs> manage, manage, yeah, it is. I'm like, but I'm managing my adult sleep schedule exactly. and I gotta go to bed. So see you guys. <laughs> Bye. You know, like that's my that's You're what doing I'm really doing. well because I go to bed at nine. Like I I don't really <laughs> tell anyone that, but nine nine is mine. Like ten o'clock, that's late. And we had friends over last night that didn't leave till midnight. So I was like Oh gosh. This is not this is not good for me. Well, you know, some nights nights are earlier. (laughs) Really? Some nights are earlier, some nights are later, but I really try to not be in front of the screen. And also, once I I have uh, removed myself from being in front of my desk, then I try my best to make sure that I'm no longer on my phone. Yeah. You know? Because you're still working. It's like, just because you've changed the size of the screen, you're still doing some work, so... That is it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's part of that's part of my routine. And then I actually started taking a day off during the week. And then I yeah. work a little bit on the weekends yeah. because I don't have that constant influx of emails. So I can work at my own pace and yeah. I'm not distracted. And I think that really, really helped me. The best thing is having a day off in the week because everybody else is still carrying on with their work and you just everything's quieter if you do want to leave the house it's just I think it's the best thing I'd rather work on a Saturday and have a Wednesday off exactly I take at one half day during the Mm, week mm. and then I do one full day during the week and then I work the weekends so yeah because it's not I mean it's really non-stop exactly it's it's constant yeah and it's a good problem to have when you have a new business so I'm very you know super grateful and, and fortunate that that is the case but I do my best every week to take a weekday off yeah. and try to do a half day somewhere. 
you've got an amazing face, amazing skin, as I've already said before. But I wanted to know, sort of, when do you feel you're most beautiful? Like, when oh my do you feel gosh. like, yeah, this is, <laughs> I've got it. Or just feel just great. Do you know what I mean? When you look at yourself and everything is just, you just feel great. When is that for you? The times where I feel the most, like, just throughout the day is after I have brushed my teeth and washed my face in the morning. Mm -hmm. I feel like my eyes are bright. Mm -hmm. My skin is clear. It's absorbing the water. It's absorbing and thanking me for all of the skincare products that I've mm -hmm. just slathered all over it. Yeah. And not just my face, but my whole body, yeah. I should say. Yeah. You know, I guess so maybe that's more like right after I get out of the shower mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, my body's like glistening from body oil mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. And I'll walk past the window or, you know, the sunlight hits. And mm -hmm. I think those are the times where I really yeah. feel the best when I'm sitting in the, under the sun, yeah. you know? Yeah. And those are the times where I feel the best. Well, I love that. Um, yeah. So I'm going to let you go now, Lauren, because I know you've probably got a heaving schedule. Um, but we could talk all day, I feel like. I think we could. And I'm thinking um, I'm supposed to be coming to New York in October. So it would be lovely to do like maybe a part two. That would be so much fun. I um, would welcome that. Maybe you can take me to your favorite beauty spots. Oh my gosh, would I could take you to more I could take you more to my favorite restaurants because Okay, we can do that. I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy food. That's the other time when oh my I feel gosh. most satisfied and beautiful yes. is after I've had a meal that's just incredible. Well, tell me where your favorite place is in New York because I've got a friend that's coming out there next month actually, and I've given her a okay. huge list, but what's your favorite place to eat? There is a Greek restaurant in the Lower East Side called Pilos. Okay. One of my absolute favorites. It has the best uh, dessert called Muzo. It's a chocolate mm. mousse infused with ouzo. It's oh my to die goodness! For. And then um, everything on their menu is is just incredible. I love and then there, let's see what else. Um, it's so good. There's another little spot called Ruby's in Soho, and it's actually growing and catching on. Um, oh, I feel like they I've heard have, of it. and it's actually founded by Australians okay. but the, ev pretty much everything on the menu there that I've ever had it has been just so good to the, where my friends are like let's go to Ruby's you know okay they, we, we want to sneak away let's go to Ruby's so Ruby's is great and it's kind of casual you can do it yeah. in the daytime you can do it you know mid-afternoon it's perfect and then okay. what else um gosh there there really are so many really great food places and then there's a place called Keen's if you're into steak and chops and sort of like a it's like a kind of a guy's cigar bar right oh I like a cigar but, bar but I don't eat meat oh well but okay I, I think they've got other things yeah but we've got time I'm, we've I'm got guessing time. that they do and <laughs> then there's one other little spot and it's Cafe Clooney which is in the West Village okay and Cafe Clooney an, another place with the Fabulous dessert. Now, I don't know if people like bananas, but they've got this banana trifle. And I oh sat gosh. with my friends. It was it was caramelized bananas. Amazing. We ate three of them. There were two of us. I love so you. I like that you're in beauty and you actually <laughs> eat dessert. Because so I many people food. are like, you have to sacrifice. You know, you can't no. have everything. You only live once. Exactly. You know? And I feel like there, there, there are certain things that you have to do for yourself. And for me, I like to indulge in food because I feel like... Like, there's only one other thing that's equally as satisfying as food. <laughs> oh, 
What's that? Okay. <laughs> well, maybe to him, like, sleep and sex. Okay, okay. And so I can just, food is my other thing. Okay. Cool. Well, we can talk about the other stuff, um, <laughs> part two. <laughs> part two will be fun. We'll talk over dinner. Yeah, that would be amazing. So we'll, let's definitely hook that up and just have a great day. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. All it's right. been a pleasure. Thanks, Lauren.